0: Good morning. Good morning to all of you all whether you're on uh what Facebook, um Twitter, uh whether you're on uh, YouTube or one of the uh, uh other stations that we have that are just audio Spotify and and all of those stations. Welcome to the Pastor Jay Podcast. I'm Pastor Julia Stevens, uh, Pastor Emeritus. That means I'm no longer the senior pastor of Word of Faith Christian Church here in Indianapolis. And uh, I come to you every humbly and uh, come to you every Thursday morning at 10:30 a.m. And I'm humbled that you would allow with, with me to share the word of God with you. But uh, like always, I'm excited to share today. And uh, we're actually in the part five already of the unconditional love of God. I don't think this is a a subject that's inexhaustible. We can be talking about this for the next 100 years and still, uh, I believe, never, ever get through halfway of understanding uh, this unconditional love of God that he has toward us. It's the very essence of who he is and how he treats us is always motivated by his love. So man, I'm excited. So uh, buckle up. We're going to say a word of prayer and uh, we're going to take off. Father, I just thank you and praise you for another day that you have made. I thank you and praise you for your precious sheep that have come to hear your word. Father, all of you and none of me, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Well, last uh, week, I kind of clarified just my purpose, even for teaching, because we're we're, we're all in a state, uh, for lack of a better term, of of evolving and growing. And, um, you know, I think Muhammad Ali said this famous quote, uh, that if a 50-year-old does not know more than a 25 year old or a 50 year old only knows as much as a 25 year old. That 50 year old has wasted 25 years of his life learning nothing. In other words, as we grow, we should learn more. And, and most of you understand that you know more at 20 than you did at 10 and you know more at 30 than you did at 20 and 40 and at, as you did at 30 and so on. And you're constantly growing. You're constantly learning. You're constantly getting new understanding. And so it is with the word of God. uh Peter said in 2 second, uh, second Peter 3, where that we are to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In other words, we're constantly learning new things. Now, the challenge with learning new things is that you have to let go of the old things. You have to let go of the old things to take advantage of of the new things that you have grasped a hold of. And I find that in religion, in Christian circles, in Christianity, uh, getting locked into the old and then someone shows you something new, uh, you have to wrestle with that thing. You have to wrestle with it to let it go in your mind because you once believed that this old way was the best way and even God's way. I mean, Jesus faced that when he came to the earth. Uh, He kept saying, I know what Moses told you. I am not arguing with you about the scripture. I'm not arguing with you about scripture. I'm speaking for myself and Jesus right now. I'm not arguing with you about the scripture. I know what Moses, I know Moses told you uh, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, that whatever bad things people do to you, you are to do back to them. But I'm telling you, he missed it, man. That's not God. I represent God. Let me show you a better picture of God instead of instead of hating your enemy. I want you to love your enemies. Instead of cursing those that curse you, I want you to bless those that curse you. Instead of doing bad to those that hate you, I want you to do good to those that hate you. And instead of wishing something bad happened to somebody that used you, I want you to pray for those that use you. Why? Because I want to take you and give you a better picture of who God is. I want you to grow so that you know that 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 did not represent God. I represent God. I'm God in the flesh. I am the best example of God that the world will ever see. I come to clarify to you just who God is. And so you're going to have to let go of the old to grasp a hold of the new. Jesus said, you cannot put what I'm telling you, this new thing into your old wineskin. It won't work. You cannot hold on to both. You're going to have to let one go. And that is the challenge and the struggle when we hear new things that represent Jesus Christ or represents God. And you have maybe never heard it before or you've never seen it taught like that before. But it goes against things that you've already believed. But here's the thing down in your spirit where God lives. It's like, man, that that really bears witness with my spirit that that really bears i would imagine that when jesus said love your enemies bless those that curse you do good to those that hate you pray for those that despitefully use you that the people that heard it was like man that that sounds good that sounds good but then they had this bible over here with scripture that says no you punish people who do something bad to you you don't forgive them you know, I heard this uh, said the other day, and it was, you know, like I said, we're I, I, I don't beat up on pastors, um, you know, calling them out by name and writing stuff on Facebook. I disagree with you, and or this is my opinion of what you're saying, because I believe that any preacher, when he preaches, he's preaching out of his convictions. He's preaching what he believes at that time to be true. And it's not my job to come behind him because he wasn't, he's not talking to me. He's talking to people that are listening to him. And it's not my job to publicly uh, somehow try to show him that it's wrong. Number one, it's not going to work. If it's not going to work on you, what makes you think uh, you correcting him is going to work? It can nobody correct you publicly. Now you need people in your life that you respect that can speak life into your life. But but I heard this guy, he he said, um, you know, God, 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 don't worry about your haters. Don't worry about your enemies. What God is going to do is that he's going to bless you and he's not going to get rid of your enemies. He's not going to get rid of your haters. What God is going to do is that he's going to let your enemies and your haters sit down and watch your victory, watch your success. And, of course, the crowd go, hey amen, hallelujah. God's going to help me get revenge. Uh Uh-oh, wait a minute. What did I just say? God's going to help me to get revenge on my enemies. God is going to allow me to be vindictive. God is going to allow me to be retributive. God is going to allow me to get revenge on all of my haters. Well, that flies in the face of forgive everyone that hurts you. So so which is it? Are you going to hold on to this old This old way of thinking that says an eye for an eye, if my haters come against me, if if, if they do something bad to me, then God is going to help me to get revenge on them. Or you're going to let it go and say, no, that's not God. God loves my enemies as much as he loves me. God loves my haters as much as he loves me. They're all, uh, we're all creations of God. We're all our children of God. And God is a good parent. And he is not gonna put one child above the other child, even if that child misbehaves. Because Jesus taught us that when children misbehave, the prodigal son we, we talked about last week, he doesn't go out and punish the son for his bad behavior. He restores the son that has the bad behavior. God is not out punishing people for sin. He says, Jesus said, I have died for your sins so that all of your sins can be forgiven. All right, let me get into today's lesson. So my purpose for preaching and teaching, uh, even in that I have grown and evolved. I used to think early on in my ministry that my job was to, uh, expertly go into the Bible and teach you every word of the Bible and make sure I've got the Greek and the Hebrew down so that I can explain the context and everything else that I just need to be a good Bible teacher. And then I realized, no, the real truth about our relationship with God is not what the Bible says. It's our experiences with God. That I'm really to encourage you to seek God so that you can know him for yourself, so that you can live your life experiencing God 24 hours a day, 365 days out of the year, that you are to experience God, that you are to know God for yourself. That's what my job is. I see my job now is to encourage you to look around you. Do you see the goodness of God in your life? That's experiencing God. Do you see the mercy of God operating in your life? That's the goodness of God. Do you see the forgiveness of God operating in your life? That is the you're now experiencing God. Your desire to give and be a blessing to others, that's that you experience the goodness of God, people blessing you and coming into your life and constantly you are experiencing God. Now go tell somebody because that's all the Bible is. It's the story, several, several stories of people and they wrote down their experiences with God from Adam's all the way, from Adam all, I'm sorry, from Adam or Genesis, all the way to Revelation, everything that's written is someone who had a prior experience with God, and then they wrote it down in the book that we call the Bible. Now, the problem with that is, a lot of the time, we misread the experience, and we think we give God credit for things that he didn't do, and then we ignore the things that God does, And but we have this great gift that God gave us called Jesus Christ, who is God incarnate, God in the flesh. And he said, if you want to know who God is, if you want to know how God operates, look at me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Philip asked him in John 14, Jesus, if you're really God, show it to us. And he said, Philip, have I not been so long with you? Have you not known that I am the father and the father, that the, I am the father, I am that the father is with me? I represent the father, I am God walking the earth. And if you don't believe me because I said, watch the experiences that people have with me. Watch the experiences, watch how I treat people. That is how God treats all people. That's the way he treated them in the past. That's the way he treated them in the in the present. And that's the way he's going to treat them in the future. I am, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, I am the author, Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus, our real, only real example of God that's really in this book. Uh, These other people are talking about their experiences with God. And a lot of them misread their experiences. And we'll get into that further down the road, how people thought that this was God. But again, Jesus said, I am God. Well, how did Jesus operate when he walked the earth? He operated in the unconditional love of God, which is our title and what we're talking about. The (laughs) unconditional love of God. That is a love that he has for all humans without exception it never changes. It never decreases. It's always the same. And it has nothing to do with our behavior. We, there is no limits on God's unconditional love. I mean, how can it be unconditional if it has limits on it? It can't be. It's an impossibility. His love is everlasting. His love endures forever. You cannot be disqualified from this love, and you cannot pre-qualify for this love by somehow doing something, accepting something, receiving something, saying something that does not qualify you for this love. It is a love by his choice, a love by his decision that he gives the sinner, the saint, the Christian, the atheist, the Muslims, the Hindus, And we that are followers of Jesus Christ, we are to be the representatives of that love. We are to be uh, the people that share this love. We are to be the people that are the ambassadors for this love. But somewhere along the line, we have decided, no, God is for us and God is against them. It's the us and the thee the us and the them, the us and the them, and God says, no, it's your all, for God so loved the world, the whole world that he gave, and if you don't get a hold of that, it's easy to fall into this weaponized version of what we call Christianity, that our goal is not to love you, Our goal is not to share with you the love of God. Our our goal is not to tell you about the love of God. Our goal is to keep you from hell because this guy, man, this guy, God is not going to love you forever. Not our God. He's not going to love you forever. There's going to come a day where he's going to be angry. He's going to be mad. He's going to be revengeful. He's going to be retributive. And you think things are bad here on earth. Just wait till his son Jesus comes back on this horse. And he's he, he going to settle up. He's he going to take care of all of his enemies. Hogwash. His love is unconditional. His love never changes. And again, just like Jesus said, a lot of things they wrote down in that Bible, in that Old Testament, they were not representatives of God. I, 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 God never told, told Moses to, to kill kids when they disobey their parents. God never told Moses to, to kill homosexuals. God never told, God never. Sir, you, you know this, God never told uh, Moses to tell women to stay in the house when they're on their period. That's all this stuff. That was Moses' idea of who God is. Moses was thinking, how is God? How do I see God? And then Moses began to write down, well, I, I see God like this, and I see God like this. And Jesus come along, and he says, I'm not killing anybody. I don't care what Moses said. I am not killing somebody because they were caught in adult. I am not doing it. Moses missed it. And so we've got to go back into this word and, and be bold enough to say, I'm going by my experience with God because it's my experiences, it's the experience of God that ended up in the Bible. So my experience with God is just as valid as theirs. It's just as valid as theirs. And the God in me is not angry. He doesn't lead me to be angry. He doesn't lead me to be vindictive. He doesn't lead me to be revengeful. Certainly he doesn't lead me to want to bring bodily harm on someone, not the God that lives in me. The lower me, the part of me that doesn't know him, the, 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 the part of me that remembers the old me, the angry me, the vindictive me, the one that won't forgive. Now that guy, if you let him lose, he'll do anything, but not the God in me not the Rome, one Romans 8:11 that says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead that dwells in me he no no God is never Mm-mm. God God is constantly telling me all the time and so, that's a bad attitude you shouldn't be thinking like that you shouldn't be carrying on like that. You shouldn't be talking like that. You shouldn't be looking at that. You shouldn't be listening to that. Why? Because that does not represent the, who you are, the God in you, the new creation that God has created, the born again person that you are, that you are to be representing the love and the joy and the peace and the patience and the long suffering of God, the forgiveness of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God. That's who you are. And that's what you are to be expressing. And if there's anything written in this book that says that you're anything other than that, you rightly divide that out and you say, no, that is not God. That is not the experience that Jesus showed us of God. And that is not the experience that I have with God. And so I can't live by that. I don't care if it is in the Bible, I cannot live by that. Okay, let's see if we go a little further. The Bible can be very conflicting. Again, what is the Bible for? Is the Bible for our living? No, the Bible is not for our living. The Bible is for our learning. The Holy Spirit is for our living. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to leave you a Bible. He said, I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit, which will lead and guide you in your everyday life. Every day of your life, the Holy Spirit will never leave you or forsake you. He will always be with you. Jesus didn't say, I'm going to leave you. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Roman. Uh, uh, That was decided almost, I think, 1,500 years after Jesus had left the earth. uh, They had the Reformation, and they said, how can we organize this new thing called Christianity? And they said, well, we're going to put some stuff in a book. And they, they had all these different writings, and they said, okay, we're going to toss this writing out. Okay, we'll accept this writing. We're going to toss this writing. We'll accept this writing. And now we have 20, 27 chapters that we'll call the New Testament Bible. And then we'll pass this on and say, this is the infallible word of God, which is not true. There are no mistakes in it. It is perfect. Everything is written in here. Represent God? Well, maybe not. Women should be quiet in church. Nah. And nah, when okay, not everything. Okay. Well, maybe the part that where, where Paul says, if anybody don't preach what I preach, we're gonna curse them. Well, okay. Okay. God wasn't. God. God, God wasn't in that. Or maybe Peter going back and forth uh, between the Jews and the Gentiles. And when he's with the Jews, uh, for for point of illustration, he wouldn't eat pork. But then when he get the Gentiles, he's eating ribs. Well, okay, okay. Maybe there's some slight things. That, no, we have to go in and rightly divide the New Testament just like we do the Old Testament. Why? Because of the God that the final authority is a Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us. So it can be conflicting. You know, one of one of the uh, favorite scriptures in Christianity is John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hey, that sounds good. God loves us, but he gave him so that we wouldn't perish. Well, then, well if he loves us so much and he forgives us, why would we ever perish? Well, the love is unconditional, but if you don't meet the conditions, you will perish. What condition? You you got to sign up for the team. Yeah, he loves everybody unconditionally, but we need conditions to have eternal life. Okay, what would we do? Okay, you got to sign up for the team. Uh, you got to hear about Jesus Christ. And then you got to accept Jesus Christ and then your game will get in the Lamb's book of life and then you can have eternal life. I was on the phone with a brother the other night and uh, he was asking me questions that really I I couldn't answer. Good questions, but I couldn't. He He said, what about people that have never, ever heard of Jesus Christ? Do they get eternal life or do they perish? (laughs) <laughs> hmm. What? 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 What about all the people that were living, even when Jesus walked the earth, they never knew Jesus was on the earth. G- G- Jesus was in primarily in northern Africa. What about the people that were living in South America? What about the people that were living in North America? What about the Asians that were living living in China? What, what about all these people that were living all over the world that lived and died and never heard about Jesus Christ? What is God going to do with them? Because the, the rules say you've got to hear about him, accept him or reject him. Dude, I don't know why, because our, our Bible is a very narrow view of God. It's, it deals with a very few people. It deals with a first of all, it deals with this this small group of people called Jews, and then it deals with this small group of people who accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And the rest of the world, it really doesn't address. It, it just says they're all going to perish. Perish for what? Well, they didn't receive Jesus Christ, but but they never heard about Jesus Christ. What are you going to do? Well, isn't God just? Well, yeah, he's he's just. But why would God punish someone? because they didn't receive Christ, but they never heard about Christ. Even Paul says in Romans chapter 10, uh, how shall you believe in whom you've not heard? Well, the question is you cannot believe in whom you've not heard. Well, we're supposed to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Well, we didn't, over the last 2000 years, everybody had not heard about Jesus Christ. There are people living on this earth today that don't know anything about Jesus Christ and they will live and die and not know about, well, what is it that God has that can accept these people is his unconditional love Hmm. that he has for the whole world. Again, when you hear something new, even though it may be feeding your spirit, you still have to wrestle with the old, with the old, that God is going to come back and he's going to come back with a vengeance and he's going to come back and he's going to be vindictive and he's going to get all of his haters. Man, we got to rethink that thing, man. We got to rethink that thing as we grow and understand the massive love of God, the goodness of God, how good God is. You know that's one thing that I really like about my um, word of faith uh, prosperity teaching. I know a lot of people uh, say, "Why are that old word of faith people?" They miss it. Oh yeah, we we I, I would agree. We have some doctrinal issues that really need to be cleaned up. That I'm not. There's no question. You don't have any argue with me. But it, every church out there got doctrinal issues that need to be cleaned up. So we're all in the same boat on that except you think that you're absolutely right and everybody else that doesn't agree with you is wrong, which is, you know, uh, that's not true either. But the the, the thing that I like about word of faith, uh, prosperity teaching is that at the foundation of it is God is good. God is good. That's, that is, that is the, at the core of what we teach and what we believe is that God is good. And God has always been good. He was good in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. He's good all the way to Revelations. The problem is, is that while we say he's good, And while we teach about the goodness of God, we teach about the healing of God. We teach about the prosperity of God. We teach about the deliverance of God, the righteousness of God, the anointing of God, the fruits of the spirit of God, the gifts of the spirit of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, the faithfulness of God. We teach about all these things. But then at the end, we say, yeah, but he's going to come back and wipe us out too. No, he's that way forever and ever. So I, I, it, it's easy when uh, I begin to hear the message of grace. When people, uh, it wasn't a message, when people begin to emphasize the grace of God. Why? Because at the foundation of grace is that God is good. God is good, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, at least any man should both. Jesus Christ, full of grace and truth. Moses gave us the law, but Jesus gave us grace and truth. And it's easy to believe in God's grace when you believe that God is good, and all the time God is good. It's easy to believe that in the grace of God, in the mercy of God, in the forgiveness of God. But when you believe that also that God is going to stop being loving, God's going to stop being graceful, God is going to stop with his mercy, God's going to stop with his forgiveness, and then he's going to become revengeful, he's going to become vindictive, and he's going to come back and he's going which is it? Does his love endure forever? Or does it just stop at some point and say, okay, this love stuff is over, this grace stuff is over, this mercy stuff is over, and I'm going to go and be something that I'm not. But then we say God is love. You see how this can wear you out going back and forth, but but that's, that's how we grow in God. We wrestle with these things. Is, is he love? Always, or is he just love? Sometimes, is he great We're under the dispensation of grace. Well, is it just a period of time, or or is that the very nature of who he is? Is that very is that the very nature? Is grace his nature, and you can't change his nature just because of the, the calendar switched from one period of time to the next? Which is it? And we wrestle. That's how we grow. That's how we grow. I mean. Paul had to wrestle with his new revelations in the book of Galatians chapter one, Paul is out there and he's in Arabia and he's there three years and the Holy Spirit is infusing him with this new revelation of understanding the grace of God and he's pouring into him. But the problem is. I have this old teaching that that I got from the Mosaic Law. I had I was trained by uh, one of the best teachers under the Mosaic Law, Gamayo, and he taught me about the Torah Law and he taught me about all the things that Moses said. I believe those things. I live for those things. See, let me tell you something. Oh man, the. the preachers aren't bad people. They aren't intentionally trying to hurt anybody. Like I said, they're following their convictions. They're following what they believe. And, and, and it's really it's really immature of you to look at them as if to say they're doing that on purpose. They, believe, I know I've been there. I'm, you're looking at a guy who was immature and looking at other ministers that I disagreed with. And, and, and I think that somehow they're doing it on purpose. They know better. They don't. They don't know any better than I do. What we know about God is about this much. Again, I say this every week. If the knowledge of God is this wide, uh, preachers know about this much. And we're growing. We're growing. And we're letting God show us new things. And it was the same thing with Paul. Man, the same thing with Jesus, all the opposition that Jesus got when he walked the earth because he was teaching them new things, things they'd never heard before. Those people that came against him, they were not just being mean for the sake of being mean. They honestly believed that they were representing God. And so Paul, when he gets the mantle and and he's got to run in teaching this grace and and he had to he had to teach this his message of grace in the face of all the other stuff that he once taught himself. And he says that the the teachings that God has shown me make those other teachings, I count them as dung. I count them as of no value to me or anyone else anymore. They are, can you imagine the wrestling that he had to go with through to say, that we no longer need to be circumcised when he had been taught that circumcision was a sign of the covenant with God. And then he's got to say, circumcision don't mean anything. He had been taught that God was only for Jews. God is only for the, the, the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the 12 tribes of Israel, that that were God, that's God-chosen people. And then he's got to say that God sees no difference in anybody. He sees no difference between uh, Greek and the Jew. He sees no difference between male or female. He sees no difference between bond or free. God loves everybody. God is for everybody. But he had to go tell people (laughs) that said, no, we want to hold on to the old. But I say, you cannot grow that way. You cannot grow. Peter was the same way. Peter struggled with Paul was teaching when Paul is teaching on grace. They had it out in Galatians chapter two. It says Paul, Paul was so tired of Peter trying to go back and forth between Jews and Gentiles that, that Paul with the Bible says he withstood him to his faith. Modern translation. He got up in his face. He got up in his grill. And he said, look, Peter, you need to decide who you with. You're going you're gonna to run with you're going to run uh, with Jews and teach the Mosaic law or you're going to run with me and teach grace. Which one are you going to you got to choose, Peter? You can't do both. You can't choose. You can't teach the Mosaic law and teach about the grace of Jesus Christ. They will not work. And Paul looked at him and he said, look, Peter, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives inside of me and the life that I now live, Peter, I live by the faith of by the grace of I live by the faith of God, Peter. I'm going with Jesus. Peter struggled with that. Peter gets over to 2 Peter chapter 3 in his writings, and he finally throws up his hands and he said, These things that Brother Paul preaches are hard to understand. What was he saying? It's hard for me to let go of the old and grab a hold of the new. He said, These things that Paul preached, man, they're hard to understand. But I want to tell you, he's right. Grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You got to let this old stuff go. And we've got. To let this thinking that God is vindictive, that God is revengeful, that God is going to come back and get all of his haters and God is going to get all of his enemies. Because we've got to to believe that we've we've got to struggle with the idea that Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. That all of our sins are forgiven. Now, are they all forgiven? Are they some forgiven? Uh Uh-uh, which is it? We got to wrestle with that thing. But the God in you, he'll tell you, he'll tell you, either they're all forgiven or they're none forgiven. But in your spirit, you know, the fact that you're a new creation in Christ Jesus, the fact that you know that you're born again, you know by your spirit again, we live by our experience of God. And then we write it down that experience. That's all Paul did. Paul, Paul was having experiences with God and he wrote them down. But even in Paul's experiences with God, Paul says, I only know in part. I only understand this in part, but I'm writing you is not the complete knowledge of Jesus Christ. I recognize that I don't know everything about God. That's why I'm going to keep seeking Him. Even he didn't know it when he died. He didn't know everything. The, the people that wrote these that wrote the Bible didn't know everything about God when they died. That's why other people can go behind them and say, look, you miss God in that area. And we do that that in life in general. We can go back to medicine that they practiced 100 years ago and say uh, uh, they missed something. They didn't understand uh, how they made cars 100 years ago. They didn't understand this about everything in life. We can look backwards and see that we have a, a greater knowledge now than they did back then. That's just life, man. And it's the same thing with God. But when you have been told that when Revelation said, amen, that's it. There's nothing else to learn about God. And then you you know deep down inside in your experiences that there is more to learn about God. But when they keep telling you when, at the end of Revelation, when he said, amen, that's it. There's nothing else to learn about God. And you hear that and you hear that, and then God you pick it up, and, and God begins to show you new things, things you've never heard before, things you never understood before. But it goes along with a God of love, of God of joy, a God of peace, of God of patience, of God of forgiveness, of God of grace, a God of mercy. But then you hold on to that, you know, that God is gonna curse you. <laughs> You know, just a few weeks ago, uh Creflo Dollar uh, full disclosure here. I'm, disclosure here. I'm a member of Creflo Dollar Ministries Association. God showed him that tithing, the way that we, the way that we teach tithing out of Malachi, where we threaten people that if you don't tithe, God's going to get you, God's going to curse you. Man, you talk about a firestorm. Why? Because for most of it, it, it bears witness with our spirit, what we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, where it says God loves a happy, hilarious, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in, in his giving and not giving under compulsion, but you feel free to give. We, we know that that's the best way to give. Instead of somebody saying, well, a man robbed God, yet you rob me in tithes and offerings. You're a God robber. Nobody wants to give under those conditions. You're cursed with a curse. Nobody wants to give under those conditions. But again, what do I do with the old in face of the new? Do I hold on to the old, even though it doesn't bear witness with my spirit? Now, again, Malachi wasn't doing that on purpose. He wasn't, maybe he was trying to scare people into giving, I don't know. But we know that's not, nobody wants to feel threatened to give anything you don't give it. If you don't give it, we going to get you. Oh, he said, freely you receive, freely give. And most people know that. And, and people are arguing about it when only 5% of the church uh, tithed anyway. <laughs> you know, you you fighting for something that's not even happening. I can see if 100% of the church was tithing and then and, and then somebody come out and say, we don't have to tithe. And Pastor Dollar didn't say, we don't have to tithe. All he said was the attitude in which you give your tithes should be free. And if you feel like you can't give that 10%, give what you feel free to give. Man, I taught that to my church eight years ago. Didn't stop giving. People didn't stop giving. Those that wanted to give kept on giving. Those that don't want to give, don't give. And the church church was fine. But again, it goes back to who you're trusting. Are you going to trust the God in you? Or you going to trust this weaponized? I'm going to get you. I'm going to curse you. God, can you let that go? Man, I didn't get anywhere into my lesson today. I don't think I had all these nice notes written out, man. I type them up real good and I'm supposed to be looking down at them. But man, but <laughs> let me leave you with this today. God is good. And all the time, God is. Is good and God is never, under any circumstances, under any situation, anything but good. I'm out of time, man. I hope this has been a blessing to you. I hope, I I I, I hope that uh, uh, you've been blessed by something. Have you know? Write me a positive comment. I, I'm not a debater. I'm not going to debate scripture with you. Or tell me, listen to I, I. If you write negative comments, I tell you what, I do it. I just delete them because I don't want anybody else to read your negative comments. Okay, I, I just do it. I just delete them. I'm not for you. If you don't agree with me, I'm not for you. That's okay. And I'm good with that. Believe me, I'm at peace about that. But if you like, please hit share. If you're on Facebook, uh, YouTube, please subscribe. Please subscribe and uh, you can help me out there. Yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, whatever, whatever, whatever uh, platform that you're listening on. I hope you've been blessed today. Again, this is the Pastor Jay podcast. Uh, We're here every Thursday morning at 1030. We're growing. That's all. We're just growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that means that we have to learn new things. We have to learn new things. The Holy Spirit, just like the Holy Spirit showed people things in the Bible. He has a lot to show. us even beyond the Bible beyond the Bible. Jesus himself said, I can't tell you everything that I want to tell you because you can't handle them now. And part of the reason why Jesus could not tell them what he wanted to tell them because they were always throwing the Bible in his face. Every time Jesus told them something new that they hadn't heard. Well, they said, well, Moses said this. He says, I know Moses said this. I'm not arguing with you about Moses said what Moses said, but I'm trying to tell you is that I have something to tell you beyond Moses. And it's the same thing today. If you say something new, show it to me in the Bible. This Bible is not the be all end all. Again, it's for our learning, but it's not for our living. We can learn a whole lot of things from the Bible, but it is not for everyday living. And God is not limited by this Bible. He's not. That's why you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you. Let me pray with you before we go. Uh, Father, I just thank you and praise you for all of those that, uh, Partake of your word today. I believe something that was said that was ministering to people, something that was said that they could take a hold of, even even those that are wrestling, even those that, that may have heard some things today that seem odd and strange to the things that they once knew. But deep down inside, Lord, give them confirmation that it's you. Give them confirmation that it's you or give them the confirmation that it's not you. But let it be something that's on the inside of them, Father. Show them. Father, we're all blind. I pray that all the eyes of our understanding be enlightened so that we may know your Mm -hmm. calling. Continue to show us, Father. Continue to show us how to be better husbands, how to be better wives, how to be better, how to be better parents, how to be better on our jobs, better friends, whatever we need to be better at, Father. Show us. Open our eyes. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, love you, man. Um, come on back next week. <laughs> we'll be here. Love you. You have a blessed week. Uh, believe God uh, protections you in Psalm 91 protected. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the almighty that you're able to walk through the valleys of the shadows of death and not fear any evil. Why? Because God is with you. Love you. See you next time.